Oh, good morning and happy Father's Day. I just want to look at a very simple commandment given by the Lord today. It's found in Ephesians chapter 6. It's uh, verse 2. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Now, it's a command that's found both in the New and the Old Testament. When uh, the Ten Commandments were first given in the book of Exodus, one of them is, honor your father and mother. So I just want to spend some time this morning on looking at that commandment. What does it mean to honor your father and mother? And Luke spent some time just last month talking about uh, what it meant to honor your mother and appreciate her. So we're going to look at fathers today. Now, the first thing I want to look at, too, is just who is this command pertaining to? Really, what is a father? Now, I would actually say a father is not just a, per- not just a man who happens to have children. Now, I'll say I've known a number of people who have, quote, fathered children, but they're not around for their kids and they seem to have no connection with their kids. Well, just because a guy has kids doesn't automatically make, you, make them a father. We look at the Greek word in the New Testament, and the word is pater, which actually has a deeper meaning. It has a meaning of being both a nourisher and a protector. So it speaks of the role that a father should play. A father is a leader of his household. He nourishes and protects his children. Now, I don't know how all of us grew up or what kind of households everyone came from, but you know, none of us has probably had the perfect father growing up. We're all sinners. You know, I'll confess myself, um, I was not really close to my dad growing up. Now, things have gotten a lot better right now, but you know, my dad confessed to me later in my adult years that he felt in many ways he had failed as a father. But the fact is, being a father, it's an extremely difficult role. Now, I have to say here, um, I told um, a couple of brothers this, and I felt very um, insufficient coming to speak today about being a father because I've only been a father for 10 months. And compared to every other father in this room, I count myself as a rookie father. So the things I'm going to talk about today, I'll say that I'm still learning and I'm aspiring to. So what should a father be to his children? As a nourisher, a father should provide for his children. He should be a provider for his household. In 1 Timothy 5.8, it said, But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Now, this verse is talking about providing material things for one's family. A father should be the one who provides food and shelter and clothing for his children. He He should be the one who sustains his family. 
And there are many men out there who work long hours at their jobs, and they do very well in being breadwinners for their family. But I'd like to take things a step further today as believers. Beyond just providing for the material well-being of your family. If you're a father, do you provide spiritually for your family? Now, the Word of God is really a person's spiritual food. You know, the Lord said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, just like a child needs to be fed physically, they need to be fed spiritually, too. Now, Gabriel's just a baby, but if I give him food at first, he has no idea what to do with it. A lot of it will go on the floor. And, you know, us as um, believers at first, you know, we... We don't know what to do with the Word of God. We need to be fed spiritually. Now, it can be easy for a father to want to try and pass this responsibility along. You know, a dad can say, well, let me let mom handle that. Mom's more with the kids all day, so mom can take care of the the kids' spiritual well-being. Or maybe, um, you know, let the Sunday school teacher be responsible for teaching my children about the Lord. But really, we see in the scripture, it's the father who is supposed to take the lead in nourishing his children spiritually. Look at uh, further down in the book of Ephesians, just another verse. It says in in verse 4, And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in, in the training and admonition of the Lord. And in just the next book, in the book of Colossians, in chapter 3, verse 21, it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Now, of course, mothers bear responsibility in the spiritual well-being of their kids. But it's noticeable these commands are addressed to the fathers. It's not saying to fathers and mothers. As a father, I should be able to provide spiritually for my kids. I should be living out the word of God before them every day. I should be able to tell them about the Lord. I should be able to lead them to the Lord. Now, if you're not married or you don't have children or you're looking to, to eventually become married and have children, are you ready to become a spiritual, a spiritual provider? for children. Now, if you have a full-time job and can provide materially for your kids, well, great. But are you grounded and established in the Word of God so that you can provide for your kids spiritually? I have to say, um, you know, nowadays with Gabriel running around, I have a lot, I have less time, I'd say, to spend in the Word of God. I could say I wish before he came, that I really spent more time in disciplined study of the Word. Not that a person can be ever fully ready for having kids, but I would say the more you can be ready in the Word of God, the better. And going to the other meaning of the word father. 
being a protector. Now, in the physical world, it's easy to see how we protect our kids. You know, anytime we're crossing the street, we hold the hands of our child to make sure that nothing happens to them. We make sure they look both ways before crossing the street. You protect your children from any dangerous situations. You make sure they stay away from the electrical outlet. You stay away from any dangerous substances. And if you saw someone trying to harm your child, you'd be on top of them. You'd be on top of that guy in an instant. You don't want to let anything happen to them. I like to take things a step further again, beyond the physical realm. How ready are you in being a spiritual protector of your family? of your kids? Do I try and keep my kids safe spiritually? When I think of a father like Job. It's mentioned that Job, on a regular basis, he prayed for and made intercession for his kids. A regular basis. Do I watch out for my children in terms of spiritual attacks that they might have on them? Do I protect my children from themselves? The fact is, kids would get into all kinds of messes and danger and harm if they were left to their own devices. Now, like I said, I've only seen Gabriel around for 10 months, but already I see he can really get himself into trouble. I mean, if I left him on a bed by himself, he would crawl off the bed and hurt himself because he would just fall off the bed without any realization of what a fall from that height can do. And um, actually, this is a story from my mom. My mom told me when she was about seven years old, um, she was just curious to see, see um, my grandmother burned incense. So she was curious, what would happen if she took a uh, stick of burning incense to some of the curtains in the living room? And she soon found out, I mean, the house went, um, went on fire pretty quickly. Now, thankfully, my grandmother, my mom's mom, was there to get my mom out of trouble. But what if... Her mom had not been there. But just as a child can encounter many dangers in the physical world, there are also a lot of dangers in the spiritual world. You know, out in the world, there are many false teachers out there who would love to twist the word of God and lead people astray. Out in the world, there are many tempting things that can lead a child into sin. Do I discipline my children and train them up in the proper way to live? Sometimes um, parents put their kids through self-defense classes. I remember my parents enrolled me in karate as a kid, and this is so kids can protect themselves. But do I teach my child spiritual self-defense? Do I teach them how to use the word of God so that they're able to defend themselves against fleshly lusts, which war against the soul? And fulfilling these roles and being a, a protector and a nourisher, you know, a father shouldn't just be doing this mechanically. He should have a compassionate heart for his children. 
says in Psalms, this is Psalm 103, 13, as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. I should have a heart of compassion for my kids. If my kids are doing well, I rejoice with them. If my kids are suffering, I suffer with them. In 1 Thessalonians, in chapter 1, verse 10, the Apostle Paul gives some more insights into what the character of a father should be. You are witnesses in God also how devoutly and justly and blamelessly we behave ourselves among you who believe, as you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you, as a father does his own children, that you would have a walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Now, the Apostle Paul, he was never a father in the physical sense. He never got married and had children. But he was a spiritual father to many people and to this church in Thessalonica. And, and he knew what the character of a father should be. He knew that a father should be an exhorter, a comforter, someone who charges his children. So a father should exhort. As a father, I shouldn't be passive. I shouldn't just be laying things, waiting for things to happen to my kids. I should be spurring them on to the right course of action. I should be a comforter. I should be encouraging to my kids. At the same time, I should be, I should charge them as my children. That is, I should be really solemnly bearing witness of what the Lord would like for them in their lives. So I've gone over what it means to be a father from the scripture. So what does it mean to honor your father? Now, the word honor is not something we use every day, so I just want to take a minute to really make sure we know what that word means. If I honor someone or something, it means I place a value value on that person, a very high value. I'm esteeming them very highly. That person is precious to me. So when I honor someone, I place a high value on that person. Now, honoring someone can take a variety of forms. The fact is, everyone here, we all have different ways of expressing love and affection for one another. There are certain things called love languages. Some people might like a hug, some might not. Some people may appreciate service done to them or time spent with them. Some people may appreciate gifts. And some people, a gift is just... um, well, it might just get put to the wayside and just put in the garage. But if I have a child living under my parents' roof, well, one of the first ways I can honor my father is by obeying him. And this is once again looking at Ephesians 6. It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Now, Paul tells children to obey their parents for the very first reason, because the Lord says it's right. 
But the second reason goes with that second verse. Honor your father and mother. By obeying your parents, you're honoring them. And if I'm really honoring my father, I should also be respectful of him. There's such a thing as um, grudging obedience. You know, I can obey my parents, but um, I can be sulking inside. I can obey my parents, but not with a proper attitude. But if I'm really respectful of my father, then I'll, I'll just obey him without resistance. And for those of us who are adults and have moved out of the house, there are still plenty of ways for us to honor our father. And I don't just mean by a Father's Day card. Now, I have to say, in my line of work, you know, I'm a home care therapist. I work a lot with many elderly people. I have to say, I come by a sad sight sometimes. I come by, a lot of times, the, the forgotten parent. Sometimes I come by a father or mother, and they may have children, but their children never seem to visit them or call them. And sometimes I come by a house, and maybe the kids even still live with their parents. They're all grown up, but they neglect their parents. On the other hand, there are some homes I come to where I really see the children honoring their father and mother. In their time of need, the children are waiting on their parents hand and foot, and even though they're working, they're making sure they check on them every day and see how they're doing. If I'm really seeking to honor my father or mother, I'm really placing a high value on them still, even though I've moved out the house. They're still a priority in my lives. The person whom I honor, the person whom I value, is someone I choose to spend a lot of time with. Now, do I talk to my father? Now, there are some kids I don't see talk to their parents much at all. But, you know, even if we live far away, we can still keep in contact with our parents, and we should, we should still. A child who honors his father gives his father credit. You know, perhaps um, someone compliments you on how you do something, an idea you might have. They may compliment you on how you drive or how you mow your lawn. You can tell them, well, my father taught me that. And as our fathers age, we can show honor to them by serving them. <coughs> Perhaps things need uh, getting done around the house that my father's not able to do anymore as much as he was able to. I can show him honor by serving him in his home, seeing what I can help out with. Now, perhaps some of you here, maybe you no longer have a father on this earth. Or maybe you've never really been in contact with your father. So you might ask, well, how does this commandment, honor your father and mother, pertain to me now? 
Well, still can, because even though you may not have a father on earth, you still have a heavenly father. David wrote in the Psalms, this is in Psalm 27, verse 10, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Now, reading through the Bible, it doesn't look like that David's parents ever forsook him. But probably more in line with what he was saying was that, you know, had he not had parents, the Lord would have taken care of him. And the Lord does that to people who don't have an earthly father. Elsewhere in Psalms, this is what the Lord says of himself. In Psalm 68, verse 5, the Lord says, A father of the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy habitation. So even if you're fatherless right now, you really aren't fatherless. Now, earlier I went over how a father is to be a, a nourisher and protector of his children. The Lord does those things in a way that no earthly father really can. Really, the Lord's the only perfect father. It says in 1 Timothy that the Lord gives us richly all things to enjoy. He's a provider in the best possible way. And just, we just look at the other things he's provided. You know, he's given us his word as our spiritual food every day. He's given us this Holy Spirit to dwell in us. And he gave us a son so that we can be saved. There's nothing more that could be provided for us. And as for protection, our own fathers would love to be able to protect us 24-7, but they can't. They can't be everywhere where we are at the same time. But the Lord can. He sees everything we're going through. And the Lord himself says that he's a shield to us. And to appreciate from a different point of view what it means to have God as our Father, I'm just going to ask you to stretch your imagination a little bit. So let's picture yourself, no matter how old you are, in the position of being a child, or even a baby. Now, I have to say, this year in being a new father has made me really appreciate my parents more. I see how much work they put into me, and how patient they were with me, and how much they provided for me. And but also, it's made me really appreciate the Lord more as, as my father. I just have to say, when I look at Gabriel, he gets himself into so many little messes. It's amazing every day. Like if someone were not watching him, he would be crawling into places where he shouldn't. He'd be hurting himself. He'll be putting things into his mouth that he should, really should not be. And he ends up... I mean, I'm told I have a very calm baby, but he cries a lot. It's really weird. Like, every day, me and Christina make sure he is fed. And yet, he gets frantic and goes ballistic every day, like, when around the three-hour mark, saying, basically crying out, I guess, well, where's my food, or who's going to feed me? And part of me wants to say, you know, little guy, you have never starved in the 305 days of your life. Why 
Are you crying? You should know by now. No one's going to let you starve. Why, why are you crying? There's nothing to worry about. And yet, um, sometimes I wonder if that's how I am to the Lord. Because sometimes in my life, I have to confess, you know, there have been times where I've doubted the Lord. And I can say for myself, there's, many, there's times where I've stumbled into sin. I've gotten myself into messes. And I wonder, I wondered a few days, you know, I wonder if that's how the Lord saw me when I was complaining and doubting or when I fell into sin. But, and you know, I'm tempted at times to get a little irritated with my son, get exasperated, saying, like, why are you doing that? But the Lord's not like that. The Lord doesn't throw up his hands and give up on us or get irritated and annoyed with us. The Lord's very, very patient and long-suffering with us. So we've looked a little bit at how we show honor to one's father. So how do I show honor to God? How do I show honor to my heavenly father? And really in much the same ways as you would to your earthly father. And do you spend time talking with God, telling him how much you love him? Love him? And we can honor God by praying to him, by worshiping him. And really just spending our daily quiet time with him, just in his word and praying with him one-on-one, we show him honor because we show that he's a priority in our lives. And just like a child honors his father by obeying him, we honor God by obeying him. We honor God by keeping his commandments. First John, it says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. We can honor God by serving him. Now, Isaiah the prophet, at one point, he saw God on his throne, and God asked the question, Whom shall I send out for us? And Isaiah, he just raised his hand, saying, Lord, send me. He was eager. And by doing that, you know, Isaiah honored the Lord. He showed the Lord that, you know, he considered the Lord his master. He wanted to do his will. And we can honor the Lord by giving him of our possessions. And the word actually used here is honor in Proverbs. It says in Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now, in conclusion, to you men who are fathers or want to be fathers in the, fathers in the future, if I want to be a good father, I need to fulfill the role of being a nourisher and protector in my family. Really, if I want to be a good father, I should seek to Imitate, imitate the Lord, who's a perfect father. And to all of us here, you know, none of us is truly fatherless. Command to honor your father, it's something we should apply in our lives to both our earthly and our heavenly father. Lord, we thank you for the fathers you've given us in our lives. 
And Lord God, we thank you for being our Heavenly Father and how you provide for us and protect us. We pray that you'd help us appreciate you and our own fathers more in our lives, Lord. We do ask this in Jesus' name.